listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I'm your host, Barnabas. And I am your co-host, Samael. Welcome to episode 66. Playing with dolls, really? That's the name of the episode? Yes. (laughs) And uh, we are going to be playing around with some dolls today uh, while we discuss the must-see killer doll movies before you go see the new uh, Child's Play. By the time you're hearing this episode, you may actually have already seen Child's Play, If you did, hey, let us know what you thought about it. We're going to be checking it out this weekend as well and giving you our full review of that next weekend. But uh, this go-around, we're going to be talking about some awesome movies, including, I'll spoil one, Dead Silence. One of my favorites. Yeah. I just watched it like a month ago, actually. I I watch it at least like once a year, if I can. It's it's great. I really like the color grading in that. It makes it seem so Mm -hmm. fucking depressing. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about that and more, though, a little bit later on in this show. But first and foremost, we do have to give a shout out to our gracious host network, Sports Radio Detroit. And you can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SRD Sports Radio Detroit. Not Detroit Sports Radio. Got to make that distinction every week. Of course, it is an important distinction. So go check them out, guys. SportsRadioDetroit.com as well to find all of our shit on there. And uh, before we move into our first little segment here, we do just have a quick sponsored break. Here at Grave Discussions, we know that addiction can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Detox Helpline help you break your addiction to drugs and alcohol. Call the addiction specialist now at the Detox and Treatment Helpline 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They're always available for you, and if you have private insurance, they specialize in finding you the right treatment. Give them a call at 1-800-213-9257. That is 800-213-9257. Alright, Samuel, so a lot of recent developments in the world of horror over like this past week... Like, literally the day after we recorded last week's episode, uh, episode 65, which you can go check out now to hear our thoughts about Creepshow, the new one on Shudder. But, like, the day after I saw this shit, like, this first article here. So, tell them uh, what it's about. So, Blumhouse, surprise, is remaking Black Christmas, and they dropped a bombshell on us because it's being released super, super soon, this December. So, I guess it's been in the works uh, it makes sense for them to remake Bob Clark's classic again because while the 06 remake was uh, okay for like gore hounds, it just really didn't have like the same ear and feel of like the original. Mm. So, I mean, I guess I trust Blumhouse. They did all right with the Halloween, you know, sequel. And usually Blumhouse, honestly, I don't care if you're a fanboy, they're hit or miss with a lot of stuff like Mercy Black and Truth yeah. or Dare. So, like, and Curse of La Llorona. Even a lot of the uh, Into the Dark movies. Intent. Yeah. Treehouse. Yep. I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, this one, though, I don't know, seems promising. It does. 
I mean, it's a, it's a reboot, but it seems like it's going to be a passionate reboot. Just came out as a complete surprise, though, just really like out of left field. But uh, Imogen Poots from Green Room is attached uh, to Star. And then uh, also, not in this article, but recently announced, Carrie Elways, if, uh, if that's how you say his last name, I'm not sure, from St- uh, Saw, he also is going to be uh, in the Black Christmas reboot. So pretty interesting. The new one's kind of different, though, from what I'm reading. Yeah, it's because it's basically going to turn into like, uh, oh, the killer's after these girls, but the girls um, know how to defend themselves and they're not going to like take any shit. This is one of those destroy the patriarchy movies. (laughs) I suppose so. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's a very common trend, though, now. Yeah, that's why I'm mad because it's a trend. Like, what was like the most prominent one? Like fucking Treehouse? Revenge. It was a very prominent one. It was a really good movie, though. It was like in my top five last year, but. Well, yeah, Still. it's the difference between like those good movies and movies that are just riding the wave. That's yeah. why I like them more so than like destroy the patriarchy. But like when everyone just rides that wave, it's like, all right, can we just remake Black Christmas? Yeah. They already remade it. It's called The Sleeper. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, it's still a decent idea, I suppose. I just like really get into, you know, this territory where it's like, you're all right, you're crossing the line here with a- another reboot, basically. I feel like that too. You know? So. Uh, we'll see how it turns out, but let's move on. That one is coming out December 13th in theaters, okay? The next one is yet another, well, not a reboot, but continuation of a, of a franchise. Amityville Horror prequel, Amityville 1974, announced and uh, going to be in production this year. We just had an Amityville movie, like, what, two years ago, back when I was still injured? Yeah. And that one was all right. It was like about this this kid. He's like a vegetable, but then he gets possessed. Wait, wait, what kind of vegetable? Like a coma like vegetable. A bro- like a broccoli or oh. He's more like a like okay. a stepped on raisin. Oh man. So he's Sorry. like he's like he's like in the bed and he's just like in a coma, but then like he gets up, he starts walking around and ends up because he's possessed. And it's like ah, that's oh. why it's called the awakening. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't bad, but it was like you're st- it, that was to possession movies and like it was like the same thing as the possession of hannah grace basically like that type of feel you know like oh no there's a ghost in the house what are we gonna do oh no it's the guy who's not there's a ghost and he's a person it's like all right cool (laughs) okay yeah i mean this one however uh appears to be based on what actually happened before all the hauntings and shit like talking about the murders but it's still sounds like it's going to have some kind of supernatural you know overtones to it so uh, might still be approaching that stereotypical cliched haunted house movie possibly but we'll see you know if they make it more true crime i think it might be pretty cool but we'll find out uh november i i believe is the official like start of principal photography so uh this last article is (laughs) Another one, pretty divisive here, yeah. Uh, Paranormal Activity is going to be coming back, just announced by Paramount and Blumhouse, so. Yeah, I don't care. (laughs) This is like, I really don't care. Yeah. So, yeah, they were supposed to have ended it with the ghost dimension, of course. Was that four? No, that was like six or something. I know. (laughs) Yeah, you're right, with the fucking. Because there was that, like, 
the the one in Mexico or whatever. Yeah, and then the one where we actually see Toby or whatever. Yeah, where he's oh look, he's walking mm-hmm. up the stairs and he's a ghost. All right, and I and I every think fucking the, movie's the same. And I think the and I think the former one was uh like the fifth one. So yeah, but I don't know. I I also then later saw some uh, headlines about this specific announcement and the word reboot was thrown in there. So I'm not even sure what to think now. Like I don't know if it's just a reboot or uh, a sequel or a prequel if, if you know. read it in the comments just ignore it because if it's not in the article and people no, are just no, that was like the headline of the news article was it yeah, not this one but i saw some other yeah because this one was where it said reboot and i was like uh maybe they mean they're rebooting the franchise because it's been yeah. dead for like four years mm, yeah possibly I, I really don't know if it's a reboot of the first movie that's ridiculous but i mean it just we'll came see. out in like what oh seven Oh eight, yeah, something like that. I remember I saw it in theaters because it came out in theaters like a year after it actually came out, and that one was straight. But the fucking mm-hmm. oh, it was revolutionary. The next fucking five of them, it's just it gets repetitive after a while. Yeah, I mean it's because it's really all kind of the same thing, you know. When shit really got crazy in, in parts, like that was cool. Yeah, but then they got um, into like the oh, it's witches and there's a cult, and there yeah. always is, bro. We don't care anymore. Well, speaking of which, let's get into the trailers. Oh, I that was oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, we've got officially now the Doctor Sleep trailer. Now this one's coming out November eighth in theaters. Okay, and this is the sequel to The Shining, but there are apparently lots of differences between like the book and movie. I haven't read the book, so people really just think of it as like kubrick's the shining yeah that's and what this is the sequel this to. is the sequel to kubrick's yeah the shining. I, I read that in multiple places they're like yeah. this is not the book sequel mm-hmm. even though it has the same name even even apparently the the book of dr sleep already seems like it's going to be quite a bit different from the movie mm-hmm. so but it still looks pretty good it's uh mike flanagan directing the guy who did the haunting of hill house so already he's he's riding the train you know oh yeah so he's, he's already got a good track record uh you can very much tell if you've seen the haunting of hill house this movie has like the same color palette <laughs> and everything all the same kind of shots but it looks good ewan mcgregor is playing uh danny torrance that's the thing i'm most excited about yeah i haven't watched him in a movie since like <laughs> when anakin burned in the lava yeah. i think <laughs> no dude if if you've ever been obi-wan kenobi in your life then you're just automatically going to be a fantastic actor <laughs> oh yeah i think so forever you know so i'm excited to see him with his uh, american accent oh god <laughs> pretty good though pretty solid but yeah he's playing danny and he's gonna be like coming back into his use of the shining uh when he meets this little girl who also has the gift and there's like a psychic vampire cult it's just very expansive in comparison to like the shining which was so isolated so obviously the themes are already going to be very different but yeah i'm looking forward to it fuck it so what's this next one sam okay ready or not and it releases august 23rd so basically this chick gets married to this guy and then you know they go to this like mansion place whatever that their family that his family owns mm-hmm. and they're like oh we gotta play hide and seek Oh, how do I win? <laughs> you gotta stay hidden till dawn. And then they show the whole movie in the trailer. Yeah. And it's basically the family hunting the bride. Mm-hmm. It does look good, though, I will say. I just wish they didn't give away so much in the trailer. I don't understand why that's done, but... They showed most of the action. Yeah. Like, Well, they just revealed like a bunch of shit. Like, there's a ritual and stuff. There, yeah. I saved you from that. 
Oops. you know, but the movie still looks good. It's got uh, Samara weaving from the babysitter on there, which is pretty cool. I like her. I like seeing her uh, perform. So, you know, I'm interested. And the last trailer that we have for you guys is this is a very interesting one. It's releasing sometime this year. It's the Banana Splits movie. Oh, I don't know how to feel about that. It had the same vibes as Puka. Mm-hmm. It was like, seems kid friendly, but meh, nothing about like, unless we see kids getting murdered, I'm not interested. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause no horror movies ever really want to go there unless they're like exploitation films. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what makes a film exploitation. Like if it was just a horror movie and then like someone it ha- something happens to someone that doesn't traditionally happen in a horror movie like a kid gets killed mm-hmm. or like a dog gets raped or something you know like and then they're like oh it's exploitation like all right yeah essentially because you know then you're like you're stretching the boundaries of what is acceptable i guess but i don't know if this movie's going to go to those lengths it's supposedly very violent and like bloody and shit though so that's cool i guess you know i don't know like <laughs> they cancel the tv show and then the mm-hmm. actors i guess go crazy yeah which this is actually based off of a real tv show it's uh, the banana splits adventure hour or something it was like a real tv show in the 60s that went on for like a few years and uh then it just kind of went away <laughs> and now they're making a movie about it but the original thing was like a kids variety show like it wasn't horror really at all the creepiness was just in those like giant like outfits basically and that's a you fucking know. kids show <laughs> yeah apparently so pretty interesting i'm excited to see it kind of just because it's a sci-fi movie by the way so that's why i'm like kind of hesitant but it's coming out sometime this year so Oof. yeah <laughs> uh let's move on here guys we've got a stacked lineup of awesome movies and this next one actually is really exciting just a, a cult classic for real and we're going to be discussing it in the cult corner all right ghouls welcome back hey what about what about the boils and and the boils welcome back as well jeez (laughs) you want to be all inclusive huh of course of course so uh everybody we have a real relevant cult classic uh on this week's episode it is of course the 1988 slasher child's play not even really a cult classic this is just a cinema classic in general i would say like everyone knows chucky everyone Mm. you never go hey you know chucky the killer doll no you never never happened you know chucky who the fuck is chucky (laughs) that's what i love about horror too you know even though it's very like niche for a lot of reasons a lot of the icons and all that kind of stuff are they're, they're really more widespread you know you see them in pop culture everywhere oh yeah and chucky definitely became that he wasn't the first killer doll but he was just the most iconic i think really due to like just his origin story and of course brad dorif yeah i think the fact that he's so fucking funny too in like the later movies and yeah he's just a witty doll he's like basically a freddy was a doll you know what mm-hmm. i mean like I mean, yeah, but, if, you know, even Freddy was, like, more of a a nightmare creature in the first movie as opposed to, like, this witty demon or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, and, but Chucky was kind of supposed to be funny. I mean, the, that I- iconic moment in this movie where when she's, like, she threatens to throw him into the fire. Like, you fucking bitch! And, fucking he starts bitch. Fucking, and he starts fucking shaking and yeah. it's just fucking hilarious. I think he calls her, uh, I don't I remember exactly what else he calls her. I think he calls her, like, the C word. 
Oh, hell. Yeah. <laughs> and, What's uh, the C word, Barnabas? Well, I'll tell you, kids, if you flip to page, I don't know, something <laughs> in the dictionary. It rhymes with bunt, and it starts with a C. Okay. He calls her that. We're, we're quoting from the movie. Uh, and, you know, that was just fucking hilarious to me, because he didn't care at all. I, I swear, bro. Like, I mean, he's a serial killer, but... Yeah. I mean, the movie starts off, like, some serial killer is being chased, and then we see him, like, performing a ritual on a doll, and we're like... Is this really where this is going? Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the serial killer is dead, and he's a doll now. His spirit went into the doll. Yeah, and just very coincidentally gets... Uh, but I mean, I guess he would have been given to any kid, but somehow ends up in the hands of like the most annoying cinema child <laughs> I've ever seen in a movie. No, oh my no. God. There's the kid from the Babadook. <sighs> ah, I don't know, man. And just <laughs> Andy's just naive as fuck. Yeah, Chucky, when you mean pay me, Every time I watch this movie, I just I I no lie, like kind of want to like strangle him sometimes. Yeah, I've know? never wanted to punch a child <laughs> until I watched Charles. Oh play. man, but I was a kid hey. when I saw it too, so it would have been a fair fight. Six year old versus he would have been <laughs> yeah, like exactly. eighteen at the time. So. Exactly. I mean, hey, he's probably he's older than us. I'm pretty sure now. Isn't Alex he, Vincent. He's isn't he in <laughs> I love you, the cult of Chucky? Isn't yeah, he yeah, reprising him. his role as Andy? Yeah, or? yeah. So, I mean, he's he, he's stuck with it this entire time, man, you know? So, props to him. I mean, we he's an icon. We love the guy. Oh, yeah. But, man, it, you fucking killed it in this movie, Alex, okay? <laughs> not, not in a good way. <laughs> I mean, in a good way, I guess. That's the character he was trying to be, you know? But I think he was just being himself. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of kids are themselves oh, in movies. Yeah. Like, just be yourself, Timmy. You just be yourself. So. Just talk like how you would talk to me, Timmy. Do you think Haley Joel Osment talks like that like he did in the sixth sense and stuff i don't know i just don't that's like a, that's a whole other he discussion. looks like a giant child nowadays oh, too. Man. he looks like a fucking swamp person <laughs> oh my god sorry <laughs> yeah i mean hey you just you speak in your mind i respect that I respect thank you thank you but uh hey no alex vincent was great uh of course Catherine hicks as the mom uh, a very central character as well and really kind of represented that you know single mom struggle I think pretty well in this movie, which is an underlooked fact, but she did a good job. Seventh heaven, when I see the happy face. That's the first thing I thought when I watched this, because like, I first watched this movie when I was like five, mm -hmm. and then I didn't watch it for years, and I watched it again when I was like maybe 10, 11, and then I saw her in here. I was like, I never knew this was the chick from Seventh Heaven, the mm -hmm. mom, and I was like, oh boy. It just kind of like... Mm. I never actually watched Seventh Heaven. Like, hey, she's from Child's Play. Like, it, it never occurred to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, you know what? She did a good job. And a lot of act. I mean, hey, I would never really expect to see Aubrey Plaza in, like, the reboot, but she's fucking in there. So, you know, that's cool. <laughs> but, yeah, no, everybody pretty much is great. I always forget that Chris Sarandon's in this movie. Oh, yeah, he's the cop. Yeah. But, he, he hey, he rounds out an all-star cast. And uh, they all just do a really good job. I mean, none of the acting is really that corny or anything like that. And uh, the plot of this movie is awesome. You know, it was very innovative for the time. Fucking voodoo serial killer goes into a doll. That goes crazy. Yeah, no one ever really did that. Uh, mm. Now that we can spoil it, the prodigy was basically child's play, except instead of throwing his spirit oh. into a doll, he threw it into a child. Yeah, which is what Chucky was trying to do ultimately all that time. Oh, yeah. So this was like the successful child's play. basically <laughs> can you imagine if charles lee ray got into andy damn that'd be crazy i mean eventually he would have like got shot again and then have to do it again mm -hmm. this time he'd like be a toaster and then 
Then we got yeah. then we got Asylum doing like a Sharknado type movie oh with god. like a killer toaster and Chucky Nado. Oh my god, fuck that. Anyway, rather <laughs> be boiled. He alive. has like a cult now, so it's very interesting to think about where Chucky has ended up, at least like story wise, as opposed to the first movie. Yeah, it's but crazy because now there are like three thousand Chuckies. Yeah, still introducing the whole voodoo thing early on, I think was a great idea. It just set it up for, like, hey, you're going to get a fucking crazy movie, you know? And, like, the whole voodoo thing made it so, like, this is not going to be the only movie. Because when he's, yeah. like, about to die, he could just, like, send his spirit somewhere else. Like, True, yeah. So, I don't know. I liked that aspect of it. I thought that was cool. The deaths were actually quite good. I mean, the very first one where he pushes uh, Maggie out of the window. Well, I guess he doesn't he bonk her with the hammer. And yeah, she, like, he falls does. out. Um, but that was cool. It was like slow motion. She was falling to her death and then she like crashes. Then like so. they started painting Andy as the possible killer. Yeah. Because they found those shoe prints and they're like, well, who do these shoe prints look mm-hmm. like? It's like they look like they're the size of a doll. It's not a child's. What the fuck? There's yeah. a difference. Quite innovative again because, again, I don't think it was necessarily a first movie to do it. But after this movie, like all the other killer doll movies use that trope. Yeah. You know, it basically became a trope after that. So that was cool <laughs> what was really weird to me is how andy's mom found chucky she bought him from like a junkie in an alley yeah. for like a hundred dollars or something i would not do that you don't know what that junkie has done to that poor doll yeah the box was o- listen the box was open it was you don't know what happened he might have just n- nutted in his hair and just Oof. styled it like right after <laughs> i mean i guess i guess chucky would probably have killed his ass he probably would have so he was just waiting to be sold because he didn't want to like yeah get inside the fucking body of some homeless motherfucker <laughs> yeah no he wanted a kid so i guess you know he played it smart you know he didn't kill him no matter what he may have done because he wanted to man he wanted to get inside that kid you know i, I, don't, I don't know how else to say it i don't know how else to say it <laughs> i mean i do but he wanted to steal the kid's body. That of might, course. That might have worked a lot better and not have been as a <laughs> suspect sounding. Uh, hey, I'm just I'm just telling it how I see it, you know? Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> no, I mean, the movie did so much for the horror genre, and Chucky very quickly became an instant classic. He did immediately. Not only was it a voodoo-possessed doll, but it was a foul-mouthed voodoo-possessed doll. That was just immediate franchise potential right there. Oh, yeah. And, like... Like you said, everyone knew him. So when I was like five, my dad's like, hey, you wanna watch yeah. Chucky? And I was like, what the fuck is Chucky? He's like, look, I show you. And he recorded it off of like HBO on a VHS yeah. and he showed it to me. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? And, like, and, and it gave a perfect opportunity for like 20 to 30 somethings to dress their kids up as Chucky. Oh, yeah. Which is important, you know? Because <laughs> I want to do that not? for my kid. Yeah. No, I'm going to dress my kid up as like, like Shaq. <laughs> okay from wait from uh from the genie movie yeah okay perfect yeah exactly uh <laughs> was it kazam i think so it's yeah. kazam oh my god <laughs> the best movie of all time next week in the cult corner <laughs> kazam <laughs> i remember on shriek if you know what i did last friday the 13th they're mm-hmm. like what's your favorite scary movie and she's like kazam and he's like it's not a horror movie he's like well you haven't seen shack act <laughs> like oh shit yeah that was a, that jabs was a that was a good one but uh so yeah, what, what's what's your favorite part about Child's Play, real quick? Child's Play, I like where like he like it was known that he was like borderline indestructible because they set him on fire, they beat the shit out of him, yeah. and they shot him, and he was still like, Burr. 
that, and I, I knew i knew there was going to be a sequel when i saw that like of course there already was because i watched it like years after it came out but i was like there has to be a sequel to this and I'm like, there is sequel i show you all of them i'm like oh fuck. Oh, all of them whoa <laughs> It's like uh, discovering Leprechaun for the first time. I went to go see uh, Bride of Chucky in theaters, actually. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure if I've ever seen any of them in theaters. But I don't know. But yeah, crazy crazy how it ended up. I mean, a lot of them just ended up going straight to video after that for some reason. It was very strange. Seed of Chucky was in... Uh, Seed of Chucky was in theaters. I went to go see that one, yeah. too. But but that was almost like the like, first kind of soft... kind of Not reboot, but... You continuation. know, just continuation, really, after, like, a, a period, though. Yeah, because Bride was still, like, brutal. It had some nice deaths. Mm. But it was mostly, like, a horror comedy. Yeah. First one was, like, a mystery. Not really mystery for us, but for the characters, because they didn't know, like, the mm. doll was alive. Yeah. And then it became, like, part two, it was still serious. Part three, it was serious. And then all of a sudden, when, like, I guess, I'm guessing it was Miramax or maybe Paramount Pictures or Dimension Films. It's one of those three. I guess they bought the rights to Chucky and he became this big Hollywood entity. Yeah. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, Chucky deserved like a big Hollywood movie, mm-hmm. but like the fact that they gave him a wife and like turned ugly ass kid and turned her into a doll, you know, <laughs> like, it's just like, really? Yeah. I think shark jumping is the proper term for uh, nah, doing what they did. It's been a while. Yes. Shark jumping bullshit. Yeah. No, I feel you. I mean, they, they definitely went in a very strange route, but you know usually these bigger horror franchises tend to do that the nice thing about child's play is that it really kind of keeps the same narrative pretty oh, much yeah. throughout you know until cult yeah well then it's like guess what everything you thought <laughs> didn't like oh shit. yeah essentially i mean it still like considers the previous movies though oh yeah but it's just like the whole premise is completely different because yeah. like before there was one chucky one tiffany and then their son oh yeah it takes it takes a complete like u-turn basically you know you wonder what happened to their son uh yeah kind of i really do because <laughs> he was just so like weird you know yeah he was just like was this really like, interesting of, initially they didn't know if it was their son or their daughter mm-hmm. and he was british like i don't know what the fuck they were yeah. thinking <laughs> i know but no going back uh though to that last scene that is honestly probably one of my favorite things like in horrors when you first see him revealed as that like burnt chucky and he's got that like almost like grimace on his face yeah. and he's, like, going after him i was like Dang. that's my favorite part of the first one that's the shit of nightmares yeah and then the second one when they, he was in the factory and they like they stabbed him with all those like they stuck all those arms in him and shit and he was still like, i was like oh my god you you fucking bitch <laughs> like <laughs> even the third one was pretty good at the that was the one at the uh, military, military academy. that was that's probably like my favorite one yeah i, I really liked that one when i was a kid so did I. That's yeah. that's the one my uh that's the second one my dad showed me because the order I watched them in is two, three, and then one. That's weird. Yeah, because I saw the second one on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, like the same premise as the first one, except like in this one, like he's trying to convince people that Chucky's alive. Mm-hmm. First one was more like let me not tell people that he's alive. Yeah, I feel like the first one though still tonally was was pretty different, but because again you know it was like a bit more of that like serious one we don't even hear like brad dorif as chucky and like until halfway into the movie or something like that yeah very very kind of deliberately slower build up into all of that and we got a lot of that slasher type stalking and stuff and that's that's why it was a slasher movie yeah you know 
which was very cool. Like a lot of times you just see it from first person perspective, which was awesome. We don't usually see that in it's kind of comedic a lot of these slash that it was like first person of a doll though. Yeah. Even though it made you think it was Andy for a minute, you know, for no reason though, because we yeah. saw him transfer his spirit to the doll right at the beginning. Yeah. Just really just, uh, inside the world of the story i felt like it was kind of weird kind of stupid for uh chucky to kill maggie when he knew andy was gonna get blamed and Mm -hmm. andy wouldn't fare well for him in juvenile hall because i guess it could because then chucky could take over his body and then just kill why he was trying to do it and then just kill all the kids at the juvenile yeah or i mean he could just have killed indiscriminately if they thought it was andy you know until he was able to just basically take him for himself and just you know take him away somewhere where they can't find him so i don't know it, it, it's kind of interesting to think about like his uh his logic because he was kind of like a smart serial killer he was yeah but not really not really because he was the doll <laughs> yeah he, he could have picked anything to be but i guess in the moment after you get shot and you can like transfer your soul you oh, want yeah i mean guess i guess can he do that with everything though? Can it? Or, Isn't he like gotta find a kid? Or yeah, like he was just like, hey, he, he may not be able to into Ate like due dembala. Yeah. Like, he may not be able to into an adult because maybe they're like too strong or something like that. I think he can enter know. an adult if he wants. Uh, well, I mean, with you their saw, consent. You saw Tiffany uh, took uh, what's her name's body. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the, her? The main. Uh, I don't. Jennifer Tilly. Mm. Jennifer Tilly played herself. Yeah. In Seed of Chucky. And then Jennifer Tilly ended up switching places with her. Mm-hmm. And then they also, the kid also had a body. And then Chucky came back as a doll and like attacked them when like yeah. they opened up the package at the end of it. So yeah. I don't know how all of a sudden in like Cult of Chucky that they're cool again when in mm-hmm. Curse of Chucky, it didn't even pay attention to like his son or Tiffany or any of that shit, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's weird, but still. Yeah. I don't know, dude. It all gets very kind of messy and uh, slightly confusing, but interesting to kind of, you know, compare where it ended up and where it began. Because the first movie, definitely a cult classic for a reason, just a phenomenal slasher. But uh, we do have to move on, guys. We're still going to be talking about dolls, though, in our main segment. But uh, just stay tuned. We've got some quick sponsored messages and then we'll be back. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Bryant. Catch me, E, and Brian on Pearson's Peace, 8 to 9 a.m. on Sports Radio Detroit Network, CRB, on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere else you can find podcasting. Hey, Samuel. Hey, Barnabas, what's up? Oh, not much. Have you ever written a book? No, but I've written a musical. Oh, well, you can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Aha, I hear countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly 100 years to bring their books to the market. Their professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, their authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books. So, make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Do not wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author. And seeing your name in print. Aha. Uh-huh. 
You've already written a book. Next thing to do is make this free call now to Dorrance Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. The number is 1-800-213-9259. Again, 1-800-213-9259. Welcome back, fiends. So in this week's main segment, in light of the uh, Child's Play reboot, whatever you want to call it, coming out this weekend, we thought we'd share with you guys some of our must-watch, like, essential killer doll movies. Now, these might be pretty obvious to a lot of you. However, we might also have uh, horror fans who are kind of new to the genre or people just checking out the podcast who don't really watch horror movies that much but have, like, a passive interest, you know? So this is really just for anybody to kind of, you know, take reference from. And uh, we do have a few honorable mentions as as well, but yeah, some of our essential killer doll movies. Samuel, what's the first one? The first one is probably, besides Chucky, my favorite killer doll movie, Dead Silence. Yes. And I know there's dolls and Puppet Master and Doll Man and Demonic Toys, but I feel like Dead Silence is just way better than all of them because Mm -hmm. like... Really, the dolls aren't really, like, the central focus point. It was just, like, the supernatural element behind them, which was Mary Shaw. Yeah. I think it would beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. Yeah. <laughs> that was a cleverly concocted nursery rhyme that was perfectly creepy. At least it was the- be- better than, uh, sickle once, sickle oh twice. <laughs> no, that silence actually had, like, a good backstory to it, you know? Yeah, they, they spent some time on it, but it wasn't, like too excessive like you got just enough of why mary shaw is the way that she is and everything but really the focus are the dolls and spoiler alert as we learn she she is one herself so that was pretty cool dun dun and you can't scream if you see her because she'll rip your fucking tongue out correct yeah and that was that was a cool thing too and you know what i'm gonna admit it i think she's scary as fuck you know and that was one of the big drawing factors too like yeah, there were there were some jump scares, but dude, when the when the guy goes after his wife down in that little crawl space or whatever, yeah, and Mary Shaw is there, that's a classic scare, in my opinion. You know, I thought the color palette too made this movie seem like super hopeless. It was just this like yeah. grayish blue the whole time, no matter what scene. Like daytime, daytime was always like gloomy and shit, and it was just depressing. Mm-hmm. You know, his wife got killed, and then, like, they were blaming him for it, and he's like, it was the doll, we got a package the other day, like, yeah, okay. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, that was kind of a tropey, you know, sort of uh, intro to it, but it was cool, you know, when we saw, like, her face or whatever, that was pretty dope, you know, it wasn't too corny, it was actually pretty realistic, almost. Yeah, it wasn't really corny at all. Uh, The score, too, in this movie was probably one of my favorite things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we talk about atmosphere a lot, but this movie is this movie like, fucking had it. This movie's all atmosphere. Yeah, the score is in- insanely good, just really dreadful and and just creepy throughout the entire thing. Pretty much got that like it's just like a pale blue palette. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's across the entire movie. Literally, like I I really noticed it last time I watched it, which was like a month or a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. and like. I was just like, damn, bro, why do I feel so down? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's great. The use of the dolls is pretty cool as well. But again, even in that intro, it's 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 kind of tropey, you know, as well. They don't have a kid, which is kind of different. 
but you know it's still like this doll just gets delivered to them they get it somehow <laughs> almost supernaturally and you know begins this whole chain of events but it was cool ryan quanton was like a pretty good protagonist i thought not that great he was sort of like moody and you know shit. i mean his wife just got killed yeah and he's going after this insane ghost what other so, movie have we seen that fucker and he looks so familiar he was in uh true blood he played uh Suki's uh brother he was in something else that i saw but yeah he was probably in some more movies so yeah i mean that movie was great dude it was just superbly creepy and uh, a good example of how you do this like spanning story in a paranormal movie really well so that movie was cool now this next movie is a lot more isolated than something like dead silence and kind of your like stereotypical people pull over on the side of the road on a dark and stormy night and find this weird abandoned house that's been happening since almost the advent of cinema yeah (laughs) you know um but it's dolls yes and i just had to watch this one last night because i never watched it i didn't expect it to be what it was i thought it was just gonna be like same thing as like dead silence like a town legend and then Mm. people go and explore the house filled with like weird antique dolls and they start killing people but it kind of was like the damned on you know netflix like oh you pull over on this rainy day to this house and now there's an old guy and his wife and they're doll makers and then there's a big dude who's like a kid at heart and he's like dolls are real or whatever the fuck toys yeah and like i think the moral of this, this fucking movie was like don't grow up like yeah don't ever leave the kid in you behind like something like that yeah okay i mean the messages in a lot of these are sort of different but there are some prominent themes that kind of persist throughout all of these sorts of movies and one of the big ones is like childhood and you know not growing up etc cetera, etc cetera. child's play kind of the same thing i mean it focused on andy obviously so we see the story from his perspective and we get the whole thing of you know not believing in the child just because you think it's in their imagination that kind of thing you know how many crimes went unsolved because nobody believed a child so you know it, it's the same kind of thing except this movie takes it in the form of that claustrophobic single house you know where something is going on and it was kind of a cheese fest too like yeah. the way the dolls moved and like the deaths like where that chick was getting her head banged into the wall and blood was coming out but she had no scratches on her like ah the 80s (laughs) i mean the makeup like practical effects were not that great all the time and i think the the way that they use the camera sometimes was just not that inventive like that scene kind of wacky like that scene exactly yeah when like it it barely (laughs) even made a noise when her head bounced off the wall too it just didn't look like her head at the wall yeah and it didn't at all that's really it so you know but so it's got that cheesy kind of pass to it you know because the atmosphere is still there if it's if it's a dark stormy night i'll watch any like horror movie oh yeah you know straight up so i mean there's that but the the 80s style cinematography was also quite good the end of the 80s so actually a year later was child's play oh so probably some inspiration there but they might i don't know a year later child's play came out but they definitely worked on it like yeah probably for a minute before that i would say yeah i don't know how long they were working on dolls but 
you know, also a classic, just really gets kind of overshadowed by Child's Play due to, like, the proximity of their releases. I think so. But Dolls is, is c- kind of a classic, you know. The thing that really separates it is that the villain just isn't there. You know, it's a bunch of these dolls, and it's this old, weird couple, you know, so not quite equal to Charles Lee Ray. No, not at all. So, but, I mean, did you like anything else specifically about this movie? Uh, honestly, for me, it was kind of just like the atmosphere and the fact it was killer dolls. I mean, other than that, like, mm-hmm. I can understand why this movie wasn't like a giant hit, you know? Like, yeah, there was no fucking Chucky screaming, you fucking bitch! Like, you know, so. I mean, but, you know, the aspect of the killer dolls is there very prominently. Oh, yeah. Because that, that's pretty much all the movie is. So, from that perspective, it, it is, I, in my opinion, one of the quintessential kind of killer doll movies i think so but next up is arguably one that i would say you know people would take over dolls puppet master two years after dolls oh wow released in 89 yeah so right after chucky yep man what was up with these fucking killer doll movies at the time that was the trend i guess but drawing inspiration i'm sure from the others but taking an even weirder twist with it because it's full moon so you know they like have to but but uh, making it this like Nazi Egyptian fucking alchemy magic origin story with this old puppeteer. It was just very weird right off the bat, but became an instant classic, really. I think it did. And I think it's like really underrated. And mm-hmm. I think it's like uh, undervalued because, like, I mean, what's it, Full Moon Productions? They made that one, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, like, I mean, none of their stuff really made it, like, huge, you know? They're all really cult movies, like, you know, subspecies and all that stuff that Full Moon did. So, like, yeah. I, I don't think Puppet Master got the recognition that it did because I think the premise was also too complicated. Like, Nazi general voodoo mm-hmm. witchcraft that brings the dolls back to life. Yeah. And, the like, the kills were pretty brutal. So, like, we're at the late 80s, so no one really cared about splatter or gore films anymore yeah. because, like, the 80s really kind of milked that with all the slashers that are like post Friday the 13th you know I mean it definitely got its own kind of significant niche like in the horror community I would say um but yeah it's not like super out there like Chucky is or anything but no I mean Blade and, and Pinhead and the Leech Woman and all those guys they still have a place in horror you know I think uh of the more invested horror fans it's still a, a pretty memorable and beloved franchise. So, agreed. That's about it. Okay, yeah. And uh, the last one that we have is 1979's actually, so the earliest one out of these. Uh, there is one, actually two that are even earlier than that, but Tourist Trap, I feel like, uh, pretty important as well. 1979. And, I mean, this one didn't even like come out on the face of it as like a killer doll movie. No. It was like these psychic well the, the dolls weren't even psychic the guy was like psychic or some shit like yeah and he was a weirdo he lied about having like a evil twin brother yeah. it was just his other personality or whatever the fuck yeah but this this one still had that like 70s style cinematography almost kind of blending into the 80s style thing because i think yeah, like, you can still consider it a slasher almost oh yeah kind of had the same like feel as like a uh, savage weekend if you remember that one yeah kind of but this one was cool because it had that sort of supernatural psychic element to it. Almost kind of reminiscent of like if Friday the 13th part 7 was just about killer dolls. 
<laughs> like that's how I feel about it. But I do love this movie. Honestly, it's just really unconventional, but it's still got you know the the typical group of like college age kids <laughs> that get lost at this tourist trap. But it's just that like one isolated incident kind of a thing, almost reminiscent of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in a way. Yeah, I, w- I would agree on that. It's it's, I think it's more like the grittiness than anything else of this movie because like, yeah. I felt like the setting was like super like fucking creepy. Like that just, especially at the beginning when that dude was like just being killed and you didn't even know what the fuck was going on. He's just in that dirty ass like house, I guess you yeah. want to call it, and it just give you that like hopeless feeling. Like, can you imagine just being at this abandoned place and then you just start getting like murdered by some unseen force he'd be like what the fuck did i stumble into yeah and then i mean when he was showing them and he was like oh well you know this is like the love of my life who i turned into a doll (laughs) or whatever i was like all right well thanks man you know i think we'll hit the next town so that's the direction (laughs) this movie went right but uh you know it was pretty cool though anyway it was it was kind of low-key morbid which i liked I think it was pretty high-key morbid. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I feel like in comparison to something like House of Wax, almost, like the remake, maybe not not quite so much. But yeah, you know, it wasn't afraid to go to the places that it went. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. But probably the more slasher-esque, I mean, Child's Play is very very much a slasher too. But, you know, in comparison to like Dead Silence and the other ones we've mentioned as like our must-watches, the least like supernatural kind of tropey doll you know killer doll type movie yeah so i I can appreciate it i can too and like i gotta revisit it soon because i only watched it like once when it was on shutter and then i bought the blu-ray and i never got got down to rewatching it again so like i gotta do that asap it's just one of those movies that like it's actually worth revisiting to me oh yeah i i think it's a pretty well-known cult classic in, in the horror community too at this point if you haven't seen it again you know, as with all the movies on this list, we recommend all of them. They are definitely must-watch killer doll movies. And uh, we do just have some honorable mentions as well that we're not really going to get into, but I feel they're kind of important. This this subgenre has been a really, like, I don't know, just sporadic one. Like, not a lot of stuff comes out in a row, except for, I guess, like that late 80s, you know, sort of sort of time frame. But we're seeing it again a little bit now. We got The Boy, Annabelle Creation, um, and then some earlier ones, including Demonic Toys, and there's a few other weird ones here. I've never heard of Magic Pin. I watched Trilogy of Terror with that Zuni doll. Apparently, that was like the best segment. That really was, because the other two segments, one of them was like about like a teacher who like pretends to let a student blackmail her with sex, and then she's actually trying to murder him, and mm-hmm. like... And I forgot the other one, but this one was probably the most interesting segment. Like, okay. And it's the most iconic just because of that doll and mm-hmm. because of what's her face, like at the end with like her teeth and the doll possessed her or whatever. I think I've seen that picture, yeah. Yeah. And plus, plus he's on, like, on the cover and everything, like the artwork for this movie. But yeah, Magic from 1978 uh, actually has uh, a young Anthony Hopkins in it. And uh, he's got uh, he's got like this kind of realistic looking doll and um i I don't really know much more but yeah seeing young hannibal lecter is a very odd kind of oh i gotta watch that then yeah seems cool and then uh pin from 1988 is about like one of those anatomy dolls 
that becomes oh, possessed okay. or comes alive or something. Okay, it's stupid. Okay. I don't know. Apparently, it's actually pretty disturbing. I bet. So, <laughs> I know. Uh, but, you know, pretty unconventional. So, that's kind of cool. I might check it out. Came out the same year as Child's Play again. It's probably why you don't know about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh... It was just, like, fucking... Probably underwhelming compared to Child's Play. Yeah. I, I assume so. I think it was just very different tonally. But I, I'd have to watch it to see, but... Yeah, those are our um, honorable mentions. Go check out all those movies if you have not. I have not seen a, a few of the honorable mentions, but I know that they're pretty important in the subgenre. Not a very large subgenre of horror, but yeah, you know, it's a thing. But uh, yeah, a lot of the same kind of themes and, and tropes. And the new Child's Play is actually looking to change that. You know, going into like the the robot AI yeah kind of killer direction. Which you know what. I'm here for it. If it turns out to be pretty interesting, I don't mind if we see more of that. But Plus Mark Hamill. Yeah, exactly. I think he's going to do a great job. I think he is. I th- the thing with these newer movies, like remakes and stuff, like even Halloween and Child's Play seems like it might be too. Like two things I found wrong with, like, I think Halloween. Like the movie itself didn't feel like big enough. Okay. And then the pacing. Okay. I think that might be like a problem. I hope it's not a problem with this. I think this movie might be also like an hour and a half or something like that long. So, yeah, I, I hope it's not too slow. Like, I don't want to see a ton of backstory and all this sad shit so much. You know, we didn't really get like a ton of that in the original, even though we knew that it was like about this single mom who's struggling to kind of make her kid happy. But still, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it. It might suck ass, but... You'll, you'll know in our uh, next episode, number 67, coming out next weekend. So let's move on from it, guys. Uh, let us know what your favorite Killer Doll movie is. And uh, we're going to move on into our last segment where we examine a brand new streaming horror film on The Chopping Block. <coughs> and on this week's Chopping Block Fiends, we have the newest installment in the Into the Dark horror franchise on hulu they come knocking this honestly i'm gonna I'm give my little <laughs> i'm gonna let you know what i think off the bat this is one of the better episodes okay as of recently i liked down but i didn't like the ending puka was okay uh all of them were okay at best besides treehouse which i fucking hated because not because of its message but it like got away from the supernatural element and provided like a stupid explanation for it Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna teach him a lesson with with levers and drugs. Yeah. Like, oh, what do you think about? Uh, I'm just fucking with you. That one was okay too. Okay, that was actually the same director as They Come Knocking, Adam Mason. Okay, so, cool. I'm I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad because that one, like, sure, thrillers about crazy guys are cool, but I really like the supernatural stuff. Yeah, pretty different. Oh yeah, pretty different subgenres. I mean, still horror, but this movie played around with the the supernatural entities and uh unfortunately didn't really get away from all of the paranormal cliches i would say yeah which uh kind of played against it but uh one thing i did like they tried to keep it mostly practical they tried to keep it creepy but uh i felt like there were too many long periods of time where nothing really interesting or horrific was happening yeah it was just like flashbacks for like yeah. just to make us like empathize with like the family and stuff and mm-hmm. like 
<laughs> the fucking girls calling her dad Nathan and shit. <laughs> if if you're Mike's kid and you call me by my first name, you're gonna get like an adult ass beating oh, with knuckles. <laughs> yeah. So uh, immediately, pretty much as soon as the story starts, we know that there's some kind of internal family struggle, and uh, mainly from the teenage uh, girl, the daughter. Yeah, and she she resents her father because I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, he she resents him. Yeah, there's a, there's an issue. So you can even tell this, I think, from the trailers. You know, really kind of this this whole theme of uh, of forgiveness and loving your family, learning to love your family, even though you're going through some kind of a struggle, is very prominent in this movie. It's it's the Father's Day episode, so it kind of features the father very prominently. He didn't get, like, shit on, and, you know, like, yeah. they didn't, like, he was, like, mainly, like, the one going, like, through all the stuff, because he had to deal with a wife with cancer, he had to deal with his daughters getting kidnapped by ghost people, <laughs> he had to deal with the guilt from his past and the grief, and uh, that, that's what this is. This is basically, like, Hills Have Eyes scenario, hey, let's go to the middle of nowhere. It's basically Hills Have Eyes meets the Duke, if you can... Mm-hmm. Okay. You can think about that because they're in an RV in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And instead of getting attacked by hillbillies, they're getting attacked by like manifestations of like grief and guilt. Yeah. So th- this movie actually kind of also explores the the creepy pasta of the black eyed children. Mm-hmm. And there's, it, the whole thing is like this: this the black eyed people that it's these entities who resemble people, usually kids, who actually have some kind of a vampiric resemblance almost there's this very common uh conception that you know they also have to be invited into a place yeah i noticed that i forgot all about that when he invited them into the truck come in here you little bastards and then yeah so i mean if you read any of the lore really this movie actually kind of takes on a lot of it uh which is pretty interesting so if you're into like creepypasta cryptozoology any of that kind of weird shit which I'm, i'm pretty into it you know uh i like seeing that kind of stuff even though a lot of the movies are really bad. This this wasn't one of the worst ones. Um, I mean, I think they could have done more with that whole concept, but it was okay. Yeah, I felt like it was okay too. Uh, I just really liked the the more like actual moments where we actually see like the entities and like mm-hmm. the little black eyed kids and like uh, I felt like it was trying to be too emotional for like a movie we've seen like a few times you know what i mean mm-hmm. we've all seen the movie where like you know there's loss in the family you know someone dies in the family and then there's struggle and then yeah they overcome and it's like would have been kind of cool if they didn't overcome you know <laughs> yeah i suppose so but we've seen a lot of those kind of movies too you know like the no hope movies that yeah we always talked about so you know not not saying really kind of what happens or anything like that but Oh, all right what's your what's your final uh verdict for they come knocking oh it's not chopped okay yeah i will say it, it's not the best i think i only i gave it like two and a half stars out of five i mean i liked it i enjoyed it but it didn't really do anything that different it was cool that they went with uh a relatively newer uh creepypasta at least to cinema but there were a lot of you know narrative like structural familiarities to a lot of other movies a lot of cliches and tropes and stuff like that like stupid actions by the 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 characters that just didn't need to happen yeah shit like that you know a lot of this is like if this happened in real life like there's no way people would have reacted the way that these people (laughs) did you know what i mean like yeah 
just like the silence i think it was like it's like yo bro people don't act like this right so guys that's our recommendation right there go check it out uh especially if you've seen any of the recent into the dark uh movies i think you'll probably enjoy this one so let us know what you think about it if you do watch it you can contact us on all of our social media we have a facebook and instagram where you can find us if you type in grave discussions and you can find us on twitter at grave disc srd we also have a website gravediscussions.net yes and make sure you tune in next week for episode 67 where we discuss the new child's play and i juggle and swallow fire Ooh. on grave discussions <laughs>